Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. For giving us a brand new life in you. We worship you. We appreciate you. For you expressed love. Ah, you brought us to yourself. Because you love us. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says that we are the workmanship of God. That is why you are underwork. Oh, we bless you because you fashioned us. Creation in creation. You made us new creations in you. Because the whole things, the whole substance, we all pass away. But that which you have made us remains forever. We are grateful, Father, for this new life you have given to us. Thank you because of the light of your word. Thank you for illumination. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. All right. Okay, let's look at the subject before us. Actually, actually, um, I would have loved if God would permit us to consider two subjects in one. Primarily, I want us to consider the strong oaths of the mind. And as we consider the strong goals of the mind, I know the Holy Ghost, we want to bring us to a junction where we may need to start evaluating our real self. Because if at all we want to make any progress in spiritual things, we must have a right valuation of who we are. You know, in Galatians chapter 5, Apostle Paul acknowledges the fact that there is usually a struggle between the old man, the old self, the old life, and the new life. In fact, it says that the, 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 the natural mind cannot subject to the Lord of God. Well, it says the only way we can actually put the old man under control is to walk in the spirit. And that is one of the things he strongly advocated in Romans chapter 8. And one of the key words Apostle Paul used in that Romans chapter 8 is the fact that we are indebted to walk in the spirit. So in other words, until we come to start seeing that we have been saying thanks to working with God and the Spirit, we will never maximize all that God has in store for us. That's number one. Number two is the fact that until we begin to see the activities of the Spirit and being able to distinct it from the activities of the flesh, 
we will not understand the dealings of the Lord. You know, there are times Christians will say they felt an impulse or they had an impression and maybe they defiled that impression and as a result, something negative happened. And after which, what they would just have to do is to come to regret the fact that they ignored an impression. But if you have studied our real self and the operation of the natural man, it will help us to be able to distinct between our own extinct and the impressions by the Holy Ghost. So we are going to be looking at the strongholds of the mind. And by the strongholds of the mind, we want to look at those things that influence our mind such that they have a great effect upon it to the extent that they block out and black out divine dealings and divine penetration. They so much lay hold on our mind that it makes it very impossible for God to penetrate us, for God to communicate us. You know, some people, they are just so bitter that there is nothing you will speak to them that will matter to them. Maybe somebody offended them, or they were disappointed, or they are victim of a guilt. And ever since then, they have just been bottled up in their own emotions, and then when they say an opposite says come around them, they will always want to resent the pains they have carried from the previous relationship they've had or from the previous appointment they had. And as a result of the pains they have carried, they wouldn't want to maintain a positive perspective on whatever issue that they are coming to deal with at the moment. That is on the side. The stronghold does not just only affect our responses and reactions to things. It also affects our perceptions of truth. It also makes us sometimes to be presumptuous. And I have observed over time that there is nothing as dangerous, as destructive as presumption. In fact, it seems to me that a lot of couples begin to have issues with themselves in the home when the other partner begin to presume, begin to think for the other one. Or maybe when the other partner begins to think and then attempting to impose his pre-notions. And before you know it, that leads to conflict. So that is not how we want to talk about the stronghold the strongholds of the mind, without we talking about the human nature. Okay, I call it the knowledge of self. Without having the knowledge of self, without having known who we are as humans and what are the tendencies of the natural man. Well, you may want to ask, why do we need to study the tendencies of, in, of, of the old man since we are new creature? Well, that is not far-fetched. We have to study it because there is a constant struggle. Look at what Apostle Paul says. I think it should be First Corinthians chapter 9. Let me confirm. He told us how he will put 
his body under subjection. How he would consciously subjugate his nature so that he would not be a man that is ruled by his interests, so that his appetite, his natural cravings will not govern him. Okay. First Corinthians chapter 9. I will read from verse 25. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. For they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore, therefore, I run thus, not with uncertainty, does I fight. Please, I want to mark that old English does. This is the way I live. Does means this is the pattern. This is the style I followed. In other words, there is a pattern we must pay attention to if at all we want to make progress in our work. I like the way Watchmanin puts it. Watchmanin wrote, and I quote, he said, there has never been a Christian who never made, who ever made progress in his spiritual life without first knowing himself. I quote again, there has never been a Christian who ever made progress in his spiritual life without first knowing himself. So, for us to make progress, it is very vital. We find out our human fertiness, the human weaknesses, the human tendencies. It is until we find out these tendencies, we are able by our submission and dependency on the Holy Ghost to fight them or to guide against their outbursts. So, Apostle Paul said, look, I have a pattern of life. I have a style. I have a strategy by which I am able to live above my natural man. And look, as a matter of fact, as we intend to study the human nature or to have a glimpse to self-knowledge, we are going to take the take a, a consideration of how Paul describes the operation of the natural man in Romans chapter 7. He helps us to vividly grasp what the struggle is like and how it can be frustrating to be battling with something by your own strength. So, by the time we are able to see the operations of the human being, we are able to have a better knowledge of self. We are able to come to the end of ourselves and then begin to lay hold on God's infinite strength. Okay, so that is that. On that, now we have some scriptures we are going to be considering. Um, we have Romans chapter 1, verse 21. We have Ephesians chapter 2, 1 to 3. We have um, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. But then, let me explain keywords of this discussion. Like I told you, the subject is a stronghold of the mind. What are strongholds? 
what are strongholds okay a stronghold or strongholds are the positions or the conditions of the mind or let's give it in a singular expression a stronghold is a position you maintain that so much influence your perception of the truth or it affects your perception of reality and look before those thoughts those mindsets those way of seeing things or viewing things those spectrum those lenses by which you evaluate or you consider things came up there are experiences that influence that helps to inform your strongholds as a matter of fact what becomes a stronghold sometimes could be formed by habits could be formed by an experience or certain experiences or exposures so something does not just lay hold on your mental faculty and begins to drive you it comes to lay hold through some careless habits or some things you didn't pay attention to or sometimes from some painful experiences may i need to say this before we go too far one of the reasons why we are doing this discussion is to help us to grasp why men find it difficult to work with God or to trust God or to believe God. You know, people can trust the doctors, um, medical advice. They strongly believe what medical science is saying about their health far more than they believe God. Maybe because they read a story or they know somebody they had a particular ailment or a particular symptoms then after a while the person was declared to be uh, to be a victim a patient of a particular ailment and as time progresses that particular ailment is diagonized of killed him and because they heard that this person who died was diagonized of this and before he was diagonized this was the symptoms he was having and as a result of that symptoms he was diagonized after a little of diagnosis and prescriptions he could not be cured he died so when they begin to have such symptoms they begin to afraid that is a stronghold so stronghold is any position any perception any facts any notion that influences our perceptions that affects our disposition so a stronghold can make a man a slave of his own thoughts a man can be a slave of his own thoughts, of his own life. Okay, let's put that aside. We will revisit it. Let's take a look at what the mind is. What is the mind? The mind is simply an intangible substance or a non-material substance that determines and influences the perception of a person 
So then when we now talk about the strongholds of the mind, we are talking about those things, those perceptions, those experiences, those facts, those positions of truth, the lenses at which we see things that actually influences our attitude and disposition to things. And as a matter of fact, the devil, the god of this world, controls man by inducing them to think certain ways. Because he knows that if he can make them think certain ways, he can hijack them, he can control their life. And the funniest thing about this fact is, is, is that no man can control his mind by his mind. No one can subjugate a thought by a thought. It takes an higher power or it takes a discipline by the spirit to be able to bring under subjection that which does not accord, that which does not submit, that which does not align to God's perspective. That is why Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verse Verse 27, he said, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection. How do you think Apostle Paul was able to discipline his body? Do you think he did that by fasting? Do you think he did that by abstinence? Did you think he did that by not taking care of his body? When Apostle Paul talks about the fact that he disciplined his body, actually he's not talking about his body. He's talking about the fact that he brings his mind in subjection to his spirit. And that is why one of God's greatest intention for us is to bring us to the point whereby He controls our spirit being, He controls our mind, He controls our intellect by His word. Now, it's necessary I see this that the mind is the consciousness of man. Of things around him and in the mind as well is a rational thought it's very logical it's not spiritual in nature but most of its thoughts are impressed upon it by experiences by outer forces by the things we are surrounded and sometimes occasionally it is influenced by a release from the spirit of a man Another thing I want to note about the mind is that the mind is the seat of intellect. And when I say the seat of intellect, I mean that is where our intellectual capability is stationed. So it is in the mind that man's power to reason, to produce thoughts, to relate, to interpret, to form image. To create pictures, to create thoughts and idea is located. So if that mind is not controlled by God, it is going to be central. It's going to be ruled by the soul. It's going to be ruled by the environment. And that is why if a man will control his mind, he has God to be legs of a thinking beast. And more of a spiritual being than being a rational being and less of a spirit being. 
Hallelujah. So we are going to see some scriptures. Never forget what we said on strongholds. A stronghold is the position or the condition of the mind which holds man or makes him to be a slave of his own thoughts. Now, that reminds me something. I need to mention this. Never forget that decisions are made in our mind. And then, what actually influences our decision are the experiences we've had in the past. For instance, somebody who had invested with friends or who have started up businesses with friends and had been disappointed or had been duped has more tendency to to be reluctant in trusting people or in in in, in going to partnership with people because of his previous experience for him to be healed of that experience for him to be healed of that perception he needs god to come and heal the pains of the past you know there are people who don't believe that there are there there, there, there are men of God. They believe all men of God are cheats because maybe sometimes in the past they met a man of God that requested they do some payment. Then after the payment, the man disappeared with the money. And ever since then they've carried an image that anybody that calls himself a man of God must be a dupe. But that is not true. And that is why if we want to enjoy God the most, we must begin to trust Him to purge our mind of previous contacts, of previous experiences, of pains, of disappointments, of Jews, of things we've had in the past that could be a problem in God's presence dealings with us. Because how much we can receive the dealing of the, the dealings of this present moment is highly determined by how much we are open-minded how much we are submissive, how much we are yielded to the leading of God. Okay, let's see some scriptures. And as we see those scriptures, I will quickly mention some of the strong goals of the mind. I read from Romans chapter 1. I'm going to read from verse 21. It is needful I mention that God's Greatest challenge with man race is the mind. Because the mind is not subject to the law of God. Nor can he. Well, we are going to see one of the letters of Paul. I don't have that reference here, but I wish we go through Romans chapter 8. Apostle Paul spoke extensively on the activities of the mind. And if you can see the operation of your mind, you can begin to distinct it from God's dealing with you. Such that when God is leading you or God is exposing you to do certain things, you will be able to grasp that this is God's leading and not my whole mind. Romans chapter 1, we're going to read from 21. Okay, let me read from 20. For since the creation of the world is invisible attributes, God is invincible characteristics God's invincible nature in other words God wants man to so much know him that he left much of himself in nature such that as man begins to grasp nature they will begin to apply the knowledge of nature to search him but it's unfortunate that the reverse is the case the word of the Lord says him First Corinthians, I think chapter 1, that true wisdom, the word had not come to know God. 
Here the word of God says that the invincible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made by nature. Man should drive towards God. Man should believe that God loves him. If God can give us birth, if God can give us health, if God can give us the solar system, if God can give us vegetation, if God can give us animals to serve us, if God can give us intelligence and resources far beyond we can exhaust, we should know that this God loves us. But then man believes God does not love us because of the violence and commotion in the world. Then you should have known that the violence the commotion, the terrorism, the, 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 the economic depression, the, 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 the assault in the world cannot be God's handiwork. It must be the activity of the devil. And these activities were brought about by hatred. And this hatred is induced on man's mind. So the devil's way to polluting the world for human mind is that it polluted the mind of a man. Let's take this picture. When a man begins to think that somebody is actually against his progress, such man begins to be envious. And he can be so jealous to the point that he starts looking for ways to harm the other. Now, what he will eventually do to harming the other, we do know that began from his feelings, from ordinary feelings of suspicion or envy. Why did you think that um, Cain killed Abel? Envy, a mindset, and that emotion led him to deceive his brother, invite him to the farm, and when they got to the farm, he rose against him and defeated him. That action began from the thought. Although our thought is intangible, but if we don't know how to submit it to God, it's going to ruin us. And why are we saying this? I'm saying this just to let us understand that when we engage the children of disobedience, as the Bible calls them, sinners, people have not received the life of God, people have not come to experience the reality of God on the street, and we begin to explain the gospel to them, and they begin to give us excuses, and begin to explain a way why God cannot be real. We should know that the problem is not their spirit. The Bible said the God of this world had blinded their mind. Although our encounter is with their spirit, what God is craving after is their spirit. So the problem or the connection or the interface between the spirit of a man and the soulish man is the mind. And on the mind is castigated, we cannot penetrate. That was why Apostle Paul wrote in First Corinthians chapter 10 that we have God to connect to the mind and cast down every pictures, every image, every substance, every perception that does not align with God. Actually, what Paul is writing there contextually does not actually talk about spiritual warfare as we used to use in church. He was talking about the fact that the, 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 the Corinthians Christians have so much ridiculed him. They felt that he was a weak guy. He only writes big letters. When he writes, he writes so powerfully. But when he comes, he's so dull and so slow. Then Apostle Paul wrote to them that, look, you can't judge us. Although you think we are human beings. Although we are human beings. But when we deal with people, we don't deal with them on, on, on the basis of humanity. We deal with them by spiritual intelligence. So Paul is writing about the spiritual intelligence which supersedes man's opinion. 
opinion and by that superior intelligence we are able to subjugate or influence man's opinion for God that's what Paul is talking about there but we can begin to apply this thought to explain the fact that the problem of man is the problem of the mind but yet there is a way we can deal with the mind so when we begin to preach to 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 to, to, to a new convert or we are we are talking to somebody about God or maybe it is your is your is your sim, is your sibling or your child or your words or somebody you are trying to win over for God or maybe you have somebody that has a negative attitude I try to speak that person over to God the person will not come to reason with you the problem is the mind then you have God to prevail in the place of prayer you've got to travel until you have much words to castigate that imagination Stephen knew how to do that in Acts is it chapter 7 or chapter 9 let me quickly confirm it. The word of the living God made us understand. I think at chapter 9. Yes, it should be at chapter 9. Let me quickly confirm it. Mm-hmm. Is it at chapter 9? No, it's not at chapter 9. Okay, it should be at chapter 7. Yes, at chapter 7. Now, the word of God told us how Stephen, with boldness, preached the word of God. And the Bible said, those guys who heard him preach came to, 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 to oppose him. But the Bible said that God gave him a wisdom that cannot be opposed. That is, he operated from divine thoughts that subjugated, that, 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 that emulates, that brings to naught imaginations that are rising or that are standing in opposition to that of God. So we can deal with people in the realm of the spirit. We can actually bring their mind in subjection. I don't do that like they do witchcraft. You know, even in cultism, there's a way the swimper impose a thought. How do they call it? I've forgotten the, what they call it. Such that the influence is, is an activity of the witchcraft. Um, we call it manipulation. That they so manipulate you that by the manipulation they are able to, to divine and read your thoughts and when they read your thoughts they can predict your move that is an occultic move but we have a superior power look at that guy that was following Paul how did he get to know that Paul was a preacher? it was by divination he was trying to read the mind, the imagination and whenever he, he declares to people that these are preachers that makes the mind of the people to be closed to be closed or crowded or clouded against the message Paul is bringing to them. It's like somebody coming to tell you that, look, those guys that, 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 that cheated you the other day are coming. And before they came to you, already you have made up your mind or what to speak. Or like when they just burst into you, you're not prepared for them. It could take you some time to be able to call up thoughts. To castigate them. But when somebody sensitizes you earlier than they come, you are able to prepare against them. That was what the girl was doing. She she, she sensitizes the people so that their minds can be can be aroused to 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 castigate or, or stand against the message of the gospel. And when Paul discovered that, he rebooked that spirit. So back to where we are reading. Now we are going to read from 21 now. Okay, let's still read that 20. For since the creation of the world is invincible attribute are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even the eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Verse 21. Although they knew God, 
They did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became fertile in their thoughts. And their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they become fools and change the glory of the incorruptible God into an image like a corruptible man. This is a description of a natural man. Talk about God. They will tell you, do you want to tell me that I don't know God? Are you the only one who knows God? Do you want to call me a sinner? And even what do you know about God? They, in fact, when you begin to engage them, you begin to see that they actually know some things about God. They know God is a universal God. They know what morals is all about. They will tell you it's not about your devotion. It's only God that knows who worships him. In fact, the, the, our devotion, our sense of accountability is in our heart. The Lord is going to judge every man's heart. You know that what they have some things about God. They might say they know God, but they do not acknowledge him. Why don't they acknowledge him? The Bible says because the problem is in their thoughts. So problem of the humanity is the thought. The thought becomes the stronghold, a penetration, a position that does not allow the penetration of God. And before we could penetrate people, before we can influence people, we've got to cast down that imagination. Although they knew God, and that is why when you mention God to them, they want to discuss. They are interested. But when it comes to the matter of submitting to the lordship of Christ, they begin to argue. They begin to give you reasons why Christ cannot be the way. They begin to give you reasons why submitting to Christ does not make sense. You know, the other day I was on streets trying to speak to somebody about Christ. Then after speaking with them about Christ, the little guy responded. He said, look, well, we've heard what you said, but Somebody told us that this Bible you carry is not the word of God. What I did was to find the basis of that information. I asked him who gave him that information. He couldn't even give me a good reason. Then I asked him, I know that that information has an Islamic orientation. Because of all the religion of the world, even people in courts, new age um, preachers, I mean, those Christians that teach, uh, that teach mental science, we call them New Thought Movement, the New Thought Preachers. We refer to the scriptures to proclaim or declare the message. The only religion I know on earth that does not want to accept the integrity of the word of God and then his infallibility is Islam. So for that guy to have asked me, hey, we learned this book story, that orientation would have been got it from Islam and I made him understand what he never understood. But leaving that aside, that is an imagination, that is an orientation. Sometimes this stronghold is an orientation. Sometimes it's an indoctrination. Like I don't know, maybe I, I think I think in another part of Nigeria about last month or two months ago, I can't really say precisely. I learned that a man was sentenced to be to death by hanging because the people in that region said that he insulted their God. That's an imagination. That's a mindset, that's a struggle, that's an indoctrination. That was the same attitude. People still being preached to add 
at him, and that moved them to stone him. So if we want to have influence, if we want to influence people for God, we've got to stand in the place of their mind. We've got to castigate their mind. We've got to bring their mind into captivity, to bring it into accountability, to, to, to pray that God will help them to see the end of themselves and to see the vanity of their thoughts. You are lagging behind. Let me go clear on. So, Apostle Paul said the reason why the unbelievers cannot acknowledge God, cannot experience God, cannot see God, cannot connect to God, cannot see the reality of God, cannot see the love of God, it's not because it's not because the love is not real, it's not because God is not stretching forth, is and is because the devil has positioned himself on their mind. He became a stronghold on their thoughts such that they could not allow God. Okay, now let's leave this. Let's see another scriptures. Ephesians chapter <clears throat> chapter 2. You're just going to read from verse 1 to 3. Mm, I would have loved to see Romans. There are a lot of thoughts there. Okay, let's see Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to read from verse 1 to 3. And you he made alive, who were dead in trespasses. <laughs> A natural man has lost his senses. He has his natural senses, his five sense organs. He could taste things, he could touch things, he could see things, he could feel things, but his spiritual senses that should make him to aggravate towards God are dead. And what happens when a man receives eternal life is that those senses are quickened such that a man begins to realize himself. Okay, I don't want to waste time on that. He quickened us when we came into Christ. Verse 2. In which, okay, let me read again so we can have a good light thought. He made alive, and you he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world. So our walking according to the course of this world is not an end. It's an effect of something that went wrong. We were dead. Our spirit is dead. Our senses are dead. And as a result of that, we begin to conform. We begin to live by the things around us. Okay? Now, let's read on. According to the prince of the power of the air. Now, another thing that must be understood is that the way we coordinate our life, or the way an unbeliever there coordinates his life, is not what he actually got from the media. It's not what he got from the from the political arena. It's not what he got from his community. As a matter of fact, the socialization, the orientation, the lifestyle, the manner of life of the society is an influence. It's a civilization of the power of the hair. So what we call the natural civilization or what we call modernization is not just a modernization. It's an influence of a kingdom of darkness over the kingdom of man. And when the kingdom of darkness invades the kingdom of man, he must begin to adjust because man are easily influenced by what they are surrounded with. We will not know that these things we call civilization, this thing we call fashion, this thing we call entertainment are actually emerged with the activities of darkness until we begin to see from the light of God. So it says that this lifestyle, this cause of the world, the operation, the system of operation in the world is architecture, is medicine, 
is entertainment industry. Everything that acts to do with the world acts is patterned according to the prince of the power of the hair. So the activities amongst the sons of men of son, the sons of men is an influence by the devil. But that's not where I'm going. He said, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we once conducted our lives in the lust of the flesh. Now, the effects of the power of darkness is that it makes man to be lustful. And how did he, how does the devil inflict lust on man? Inflict it in the mind. He corrupts the mind. Man lost because his mind is lost. Okay. When we conduct ourselves in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. Now, watch two things. The desire of the flesh, the desire of the body and of the mind. Now, the desire of the body is an effect of the dictates of the mind. The perception of the mind. My perception of truth, my perception of reality is what influences my outlook, my disposition, the way I dress, my interpersonal relationship. You know, people believe that, well, 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 you, you've got to, 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 to deal with people the way they deal with you. And sometimes when you're trying to, to, to be honest with people or you are trying to, to, to be... Um, to be to be a good person, people tend to call you foolish. They tend to see you to be stupid, cause they feel that how can you, when you are a human, deal with a fellow human in in a sincere way? They feel the the the, the, the way to deal with people is to deal with them with insincerity, because they believe no man is is, is sincere. And that civilization, that culture, is a culture that is influenced by the mind. And the mind itself, as an object, it is influenced by the pollution and the environment. And the pollution in the environment is the, is, is the, is, is, is the, the activities, the underwork, the pollution of the prince of the hair. Now, how do we begin to influence the mind? But before we look at how we begin to influence the mind, let us look at the strong goals of the mind. Things that had gained access on the mind of people and that had not allowed for God to penetrate them, that had not allowed them to see the light of God. We are going to see a scripture very soon. Mm, two scriptures I would have loved we see. One in Romans chapter 8, where Paul describes the activities of the flesh and the activities of the spirit and told us the only way we can deal with the mind is to submit our mind to the Holy Ghost such that the Holy Ghost take hold of us. And that scripture is coming up my heart. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1, Apostle Paul talks about the fact that there is a tendency in the spirit that the spirit of God takes over our natural human mind. It's a divine civilization. And that civilization is not automatic. We have to consciously submit ourselves for that dominion. We have to position ourselves. Never forget we said that a, a strong God is a positioning. People have so positioned themselves that they could not see that which God wants them to see. But there's another positioning. We can position our heart in the place of prayer. We can position it in the place of in the place of meditation that we are able to see by the grace of God that which God wants to do. We begin to take our position. Okay, let's quickly mention some of the things 
that have been strongholds on the mind of man. Number one I have is that people cannot see God or what I become a stronghold on the minds of so many people is their dependency on man. They look too much on men. They so much depend on their brother that is abroad. And if they need anything at all, they don't feel obliged to pray about it. They feel if they can ask their brother or place a call, all they need to meet their needs, to have their needs met, will be met. So that's a stronghold. Fixing your eyes on humans. Putting your trust on men. I think it should be Jeremiah chapter 5. Verse 17, if I'm not wrong, the Bible says that causes he that put his trust in man. And there are many how they are today that actually God wants to help, but because their attention is still on medical science, God would have healed them, but they so much trust the doctor. Well, there is nothing bad in medical science. If your health is declining and you afraid there seems not to be an improvement. Fine and good, you've got to keep on making use of your medication. But as you use the medication, depend on God. Over there is this cliche in the, in the, in the medical world that the cure of God heals. God alone has the power to heal. And the reason why a lot of people have not experienced the healing power of God, the healing power to heal their health, their physical health, the healing power to heal their mental uh, perception of things, the, the healing power of God to heal the pains and the regret of the past, is because they have so much paid their attention on men, or they've looked to themselves. They could be the man or somebody else. So number two, People cannot see God, or what had formed a stronghold in their mind sometimes could be the fact that they have been blinded. They have been induced. You know, when you are in darkness, sometimes you don't know. And that's why we have to contend earnestly for those who are yet to know God. Some of them don't know, they've not seen themselves. They've not seen the reality of their life. So it takes God to flash the light of God on their mind. Apostle Paul wrote in that second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. He said, If our gospel be hid, it is hid for those who are perishing, whom the God of this world had blinded their mind. Actually, the gospel is knowing, it's not withdrawn. The power of God has been made loose, has been made available. It's at the reach of all. But men cannot connect to it because their mind has been influenced. Negative influence on the mind is a stronghold. So sometimes presumption and overestimation of self. Sometimes some people are so proud that they can't even see what God is doing in their life. They are so proud that they feel that they do not need assistance from God. They are so proud that they feel that they don't need to be saved. They don't need Jesus Christ because they feel that there is nothing their ego, their effort, their connection, their intellect cannot give to them. And that's why sometimes we have to submit our mind to God because mind has its ego. Never forget I told you that one of the functions of the mind is not just that it produces thoughts or it retains thoughts. is that the mind is the seat of intellect. Is the energy of man, is the power of man. So, because of that reserve in the mind, 
in the mind. Man tends not to submit to the governance of God. Tends not to submit to the dominion of God. Tends not to, to allow the, 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 the power of God to influence their life. Another thing that has formed a stronghold is that men tend to be followers of another man. They admire another man. Maybe a celebrity. They have so much idolized. As long as they are seeing that person is their epitome of success, is their epitome of influence, is their epitome of, of wealth, is their epitome of whatever good. You can describe all that rings and they could see in their mind is that person and as long as that person remain on the scene they will never pay attention to God another thing that is a stronghold that does not make God to appeal to people that does not make God to make any sense when you present God to people that makes him to weigh him off that makes them to see God to be to be as nothing that makes them to see God as the scripture describes it not to acknowledge him not to submit to him not to seek him not to long for him is presumption and overestimation of self I mentioned that earlier another thing still is that the structures and system of men had blinded men from seeing God. I will explain. You know, the denomination of today, Christian denominations and corporate organizations have become so prosperous. And the figures or the leaders in each of these organizations have put up structures, infrastructural structures, educational structures, economic structures, so big that it has turned away the mind of the people from God that they begin to aspire and they begin to run after the system they have seen, such that their own personal life had now been that they want to amass so great wealth, such that they can be as that particular person had become. Let me draw the point home. For instance, because it seems that certain men had risen from nowhere, perhaps from a poor background, and they rose to limelight, they became influential, and they have multinational companies, billion worth of businesses large investment and they were individual not even politicians that are turned the art of people away from God to begin to seek material things and that takes also another stronghold which is materialism and the cares of this world sometimes one of the reasons why people don't really want to follow God is the things is 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 is, is, is the demand for the things they need they want to go to school, and when God begins to appeal to them when they, well, they were in school, they will tell God that God should give them some time. When they get through school, they will do, devote their, their time to God. When they go through school, they felt the need of picking a job, and after picking a job, the Lord came pleading with them. To, they told the Lord that God should give them some time, or did they got married? If they got married, they were going to at least um, devote more time to God. Now they got married, the Lord came appealing, appealing to them. They, 
tell God that God should they, they make excuses, not that they tell God, they make excuses that they cannot just submit to God now because they are parents, their parents they have to cater for their children. Maybe when their children is fully grown, and when the full, children is fully grown, still all through their life they would not submit to God. Materialism. So people is the drive for wealth. They wake in, in the morning as early as 5 a.m. They will not come back until until 11 a.m. And when they return, they are so tired. They cannot even study the word of God. They cannot even read. You know, I thought people cannot even cut out. They are always busy. When you come to them, you want to speak the word of God, they, they, they send you out of their presence like Agrippa. They are always looking for a convenient time to listen to the word of God. Always looking for a convenient time to pay attention to the things of God. May your own case be, not be that. So sometimes materialism and the care of the world, the drive for wealth, the drive for financial freedom, the drive for autonomy, the drive for well-being. These are good things, but we have to put them in proper perspective. Never forget that a strong goal or the mind misperception. If you don't maintain a God-given perception on this, they will ruin us. And that's why we have to trust God to help us see the place of those things such that they do not interrupt our work with God. Another thing is the deceitfulness of riches and negative influence. Peer pressure. Peer pressure. Negative influence. People you work with, there are people today who ends up smoking, who ends up in robbery, who ends up in dupe, who ends up in um, internet fraudulence and all kind of facial vices because of the association they found themselves. So sometimes the circle, you know sometimes the Lord had brought a lot of people to himself by making one member, a member of a particular circle lose his life. So when that person loses his life, the others were able to see that if this person can die, then every one of them could die. Then they begin to look for solution. Then before long, they came in contact with God. So sometimes the circle you belong. Another one is shallow thinking. Some people are just so shallow, and their shallowness is re is revealing the fact that they think of the present. They think of what makes them convenient now, what brings them comfort now. They never see the future as long as they are convenient, as long as they can pay their bills, as long as their belly is filled, they think they have no need of God. They only see God when there's a little pressure. So as we begin to minister to, to those who need eternal life, we should begin to trust the Holy Ghost to help us see that stronghold. Some people, the stronghold on their mind is entertainment. Music, hip-hop, those songs with, with hope, with, with lyrics, I don't know how to describe Holy Ghost, please can you help me? With, with lyrics that are demoralizing. With lyrics that that, that that can corrupt the mind. Not that can, that corrupts the mind. That's the right expression. That kills morals. That kills values. Another thing that is a stronghold could be procrastination. Okay, let's quickly look at how we can cast down strongholds. And to see this, we are going to see... First Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4. Hmm, time will not permit me to explain that scripture. And I would have loved to explain scriptures. Okay. 
verse 4. Okay, let me read from verse 2. But we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking the craftiness, not honoring the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds, check that, whose mind, the God of this world has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. You see that these people cannot receive the life of God because their mind has been blocked. So in order to influence them, we've got to ask the devil to lift his influence over their mind, to leave his web over their mind, to leave that which he has used to subjugate, to captivate, to put their thoughts in the pressure such that they cannot perceive, so that they cannot touch God, so that they cannot desire God. Let's see one more scripture. Let's see two more. First Corinthians chapter 10 from verse 4. Okay, from verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, Although we are human beings, we do not walk according to the flesh. We do not walk as a human being. Though we are rational beings, though we are creatures with mind, everybody has a mind. God did not eliminate our mind. We need our mind to make decisions. We need our mind to connect to the world. We need our mind to, 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 to be able to operate and function in the world that is becoming technological-wise that is promoting artificial intelligence above spiritual intelligence but then we should not be governed by our minds now let me read through that scripture for though we walk in the flesh we do not walk we, we, we do not walk according to the flesh for Though we walk in the flesh, we do not walk according to the flesh. For the weapon of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Strongholds can be pulled down. All of our lighted so far can be pulled down. How do we pull down? We cut down arguments and every item that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when the obedience is is completed. So how do we cut down strongholds? Number one here is that we have to walk in the spirit. Romans chapter 8 says that um, if we if we walk in the spirit, the life of God's spirit will empower us such that we are not ruled by the flesh. Never forget Romans chapter 8 verse 1 talks about the law of the spirit of life that is in Christ. When we walk in the spirit, that love of the spirit of life begins to operate in our life so that it overpowers our mind and makes us less of a rational being but more of a spiritual being. So here we see that we can actually cast down imaginations by spiritual weapons, which are the word of God, which are prayers, sometimes meditation. So prayer for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in presenting the knowledge of the truth matters. When we are ministering to people the word of God, we have God to pray for them. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 17, Apostle Paul talks about receiving the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Another thing is that we have to focus the mind of the people to what Christ had done. Number, number three, or another thing still, is that we have to pray and intercede for our listeners. 
Hallelujah. So we are going to stop here. Father, we thank you because of this time with you. Lord, we pray you touch our mind. You make us to walk more with you. There will be less of a rational being and more of a spiritual being in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Help us to walk with you. Help us to trust you in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name, afraid. Amen. Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. For giving us a brand new life in you. We worship you. We appreciate you. For you expressed love. Ah, you brought us to yourself. Because you loved us. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says that we are the workmanship of God. That is why you are under work. Oh, we bless you because you fashioned us. Creation in creation. You made us new creations in you. Because the whole things, the whole substance, we all pass away. But that which you have made us remains forever. We are grateful, Father, for this new life you have given to us. Thank you because of the light of your word. Thank you for illumination. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. All right. Okay, let's look at the subject before us. Actually, actually, um, I would have loved if God would permit us to consider two subjects in one. Primarily, I want us to consider the strong oaths of the mind. And as we consider the strongholds of the mind, I know the Holy Ghost We want to bring us to a junction where we may need to start evaluating our real self. Because if at all we want to make any progress in spiritual things, we must have a right valuation of who we are. You know, in Galatians chapter 5, Apostle Paul acknowledges the fact that there is usually a struggle between the old man, the old self, the old life, and the new life. In fact, it says that the, 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 the natural mind cannot subject to the law of God. But well, it says the only way we can actually put the old man under control is to walk in the spirit. And that is one of the things he strongly advocated in Romans chapter 8. And one of the key words Apostle Paul used in that Romans chapter 8 is the fact that we are indebted to walk in the spirit. 
So in other words, until we come to start seeing that we have been saying thanks to working with God and the Spirit, we will never maximize all that God has in store for us. That's number one. Number two is the fact that until we begin to see the activities of the Spirit and being able to distinct it from the activities of the flesh, we will not understand the dealings of the Lord. You know, there are times Christians will say they felt an impulse or they had an impression and maybe they defiled that impression and as a result, something negative happened. And after which, what they would just have to do is to come to regret the fact that they ignored an impression. But if we have studied our real self and the operation of the natural man, it will help us to be able to distinct between our own extinct and the impressions by the Holy Ghost. So, we are going to be looking at the strongholds of the mind. And by the strongholds of the mind, we want to look at those things that influence our mind such that they have a great effect upon it to the extent that they block out and black out divine dealings and divine penetration. They so much lay hold on our mind that it makes it very impossible for God to penetrate us, for God to communicate us. You know, some people, they are just so bitter that there is nothing you will speak to them that will matter to them. Maybe somebody offended them, or they were disappointed, or they are victim of a jilt. And ever since then, they have just been bottled up in their own emotions. And then when they say an opposite says come around them, they will always want to resent the pains they have carried from the previous relationship they've had or from the previous appointment they had. And as a result of the pains they have carried, they wouldn't want to maintain a positive perspective on whatever issue that they are coming to deal with at the moment. That is on the side. The stronghold does not just only affect our responses and reactions to things. It also affects our perceptions of truth. It also makes us sometimes to be presumptuous. And I have observed over time that there is nothing as dangerous, as destructive as presumption. In fact, it seems to me that a lot of couples begin to have issues with themselves in the home when the other partner begin to presume, begin to think for the other one. Or maybe when the other partner begins to think and then attempting to impose his pre-notions. And before you know it, that leads to conflict. So that is not how we want to talk about the stronghold the strongholds of the mind without we talking about the human nature. Okay, I call it the knowledge of self. 
without having the knowledge of self, without having been known who we are as humans and what are the tendencies of the natural man. Well, you may want to ask, why do we need to study the tendencies of, of, of the old man since we are a new creature? Well, that is not far-fetched. We have to study it because there is a constant struggle. Look at what Apostle Paul says. I think it should be 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Let me confirm. He told us how he will put his body under subjection. How he would consciously subjugate his nature so that he will not be a man that is ruled by his interests. So that his appetites, his natural cravings will not govern him. Okay. First Corinthians chapter 9. I will read from verse 25. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. For they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore, therefore, I run thus, not with uncertainty, does I fight. Please, I want to mark that old English does. This is the way I live. Does means this is the pattern. This is the style I followed. In other words, there is a pattern we must pay attention to if at all we want to make progress in our work. I like the way Watchmanin puts it. Watchmanin wrote, and I quote, he said, there has never been a Christian who never made, who ever made progress in his spiritual life without first knowing himself. I quote again. There has never been a Christian who ever made progress in his spiritual life without first knowing himself. So, for us to make progress, it is very vital. We find out our human fertiness, the human weaknesses, the human tendencies. It is until we find out these tendencies, we are able by our submission and dependency on the Holy Ghost to fight them or to guide against their outbursts. So, Apostle Paul said, look, I have a pattern of life. I have a style. I have a strategy by which I am able to live above my natural man. And look, as a matter of fact, as we intend to study the human nature or to have a glimpse to self-knowledge, we are going to take the take a, a consideration of how Paul describes the operation of the natural man in Romans chapter 7. He helps us to vividly grasp what the struggle is like and how it can be frustrating to be battling with something by your own strength. So, by the time we are able to see the operations of the human being, we are able to have a better knowledge of self. We are able to come to the end of ourselves and then begin to lay hold on God's infinite strength. Okay. So, that is that. 
on that. Now we have some scriptures we are going to be considering. Um, we have Romans chapter 1 verse 21. We have Ephesians chapter 2, 1 to 3. We have um, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 4. But then, let me explain keywords of this discussion. Like I told you, the subject is a stronghold of the mind. What are strongholds? What are strongholds? Okay, a stronghold or strongholds are the positions or the conditions of the mind. Or let's give it in a singular expression. A stronghold is a position you maintain that so much influence your perception of the truth or it affects your perception of reality. And look, before those thoughts, those mindsets, those way of seeing things or viewing things, those spectrum, those lenses by which you evaluate or you consider things came up. There are experiences that influence, that helps to inform your strongholds. As a matter of fact, what becomes a stronghold sometimes could be formed by habits, could be formed by an experience or certain experiences or exposures. So something does not just lay hold on your mental faculty and begins to drive you. It comes to lay hold through some careless habits or some things you didn't pay attention to or sometimes from some painful experiences. May I need to say this before we go too far. One of the reasons why we are doing this discussion is to help us to grasp why men find it difficult to work with God or to trust God or to believe God. You know, people can trust the doctors, um, medical advice. They strongly believe what medical science is saying about their health far more than they believe God. Maybe because they read a story or they know somebody they had a particular ailment or a particular symptoms then after a while the person was declared to be uh, to be a victim a patient of a particular ailment and as time progresses that particular ailment is diagnosed of killed him and because they heard that this person who died was diagnosed of this and before he was diagnosed this was the symptoms he was having and as a result of that symptoms he was diagnosed after a little of diagnosis and prescriptions he could not be cured he died so when they begin to have such symptoms they begin to afraid. That is a stronghold. So stronghold is any position, any perception, any facts, any notion that influences our perceptions, that affects our disposition. So a stronghold can make a man a slave of his own self. 
A man can be a slave of his own thoughts, of his own life. Okay, let's put that aside. We will revisit it. Let's take a look at what the mind is. What is the mind? The mind is simply an intangible substance or a non-material substance that determines and influences the perception of a person. So then when we now talk about the strong goals of the mind, we are talking about those things, those perceptions, those experiences, those facts, those positions of truth, the lenses at which we see things that actually influences our attitude and disposition to things. And as a matter of fact, the devil, the god of this world, controls man by inducing them to think certain ways. Because he knows that if he can make them think certain ways, he can hijack them, he can control their life. And the funniest thing about this fact is, is, is that no man can control his mind by his mind. No one can subjugate a thought by a thought. It takes an higher power or it takes a discipline by the spirit to be able to bring under subjection that which does not accord, that which does not submit, that which does not align to God's perspective. That is why Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verse Verse 27, he said, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection. Now, do you think Apostle Paul was able to discipline his body? Do you think he did that by fasting? Do you think he did that by abstinence? Did you think, did you think he did that by not taking care of his body? When Apostle Paul talks about the fact that he disciplined his body, actually he's not talking about his body. He's talking about the fact that he brings his mind in subjection to his spirit. And that is why one of God's greatest intention for us is to bring us to the point whereby He controls our spirit being, He controls our mind, He controls our intellect by His word. Now, it's necessary I see this. That the mind is the consciousness of man. Of things around him. And in the mind as well is a rational thought. It's very logical. It's not spiritual in nature. But most of its thoughts are impressed upon it by experiences, by outer forces, by the things we are surrounded. And sometimes, occasionally, it is influenced by a release from the spirit of a man. Another thing I want to note about the mind is that the mind is the seat of intellect. And when I say the seat of intellect, I mean that is where our intellectual capability is stationed. So it is in the mind that man's power to reason, to produce thoughts, to relate, to interpret, to form image. To create pictures, to create thoughts and 
idea is located. So if that mind is not controlled by God, it's going to be central. It's going to be ruled by the soul. It's going to be ruled by the environment. And that is why if a man will control his mind, he has God to be legs of a thinking beast and more of a spiritual being than being a rational being and less of a spirit being. Hallelujah. So we are going to see some scriptures. Never forget what we said on strongholds. A stronghold is the position or the condition of the mind which holds man or makes him to be a slave of his own thoughts. Now, that reminds me of something. I need to mention this. Never forget that decisions are made in our mind. And then, what actually influences our decision are the experiences we've had in the past. For instance, somebody who had invested with friends or who have started up businesses with friends and had been disappointed or had been duped has more tendency to to be reluctant in trusting people or in in in, in going to partnership with people because of his previous experience for him to be healed of that experience for him to be healed of that perception he needs god to come and heal the pains of the past you know there are people who don't believe that there are there there there, there are men of god they believe all men of god are cheats because maybe sometimes in the past they met a man of God that requested they do some payment. Then after the payment, the man disappeared with the money. And ever since then, they've carried an image that anybody that calls himself a man of God must be a dupe. But that is not true. And that is why if we want to enjoy God the most, we must begin to trust Him to purge our mind of previous contacts, of previous experiences, of pains, of disappointments, of Jews, of things we've had in the past that could be a problem in God's presence dealings with us. Because how much we can receive the dealing of the, the dealings of this present moment is highly determined by how much we are open-minded how much we are submissive, how much we are yielded to the leading of God. Okay, let's see some scriptures. And as we see those scriptures, I will quickly mention some of the strong goals of the mind. I read from Romans chapter 1. You're going to read from verse 21. It is needful I mention that God's Greatest challenge with man race is the mind. Because the mind is not subject to the law of God. Nor can he. Well, we are going to see one of the letters of Paul. I don't have that reference here, but I wish we go through Romans chapter 8. Apostle Paul spoke extensively on the activities of the mind. And if you can see the operation of your mind, you can begin to distinct it from God's dealing with you. Such that when God is leading you or God is exposing you to do certain things, you will be able to grasp at that this is God's leading and not my whole mind. Romans chapter 1, we're going to read from 21. Okay, let me read from 20. For since the creation of the world is invisible attributes, God is invincible 
characteristics, God's invincible nature. In other words, God wants man to so much know him that he left much of himself in nature, such that as man begins to grasp nature, they will begin to apply the knowledge of nature to search him. But it's unfortunate that the reverse is the case. The word of the Lord says him, 1 Corinthians, I think chapter 1, that true wisdom, the word had not come to know God. Yeah, the word of God says that the invincible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made by nature. Man should drive towards God. Man should believe that God loves him. If God can give us birth, if God can give us health, if God can give us the solar system, if God can give us vegetation, if God can give us animals to serve us, if God can give us intelligence and resources far beyond we can exhaust, we should know that this God loves us. But then man believes God does not love us because of the violence and commotion in the world. They should have known that the violence the commotion, the terrorism, the, 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 the economic depression, the, 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 the assault in the world cannot be God's handiwork. It must be the activity of the devil. And these activities were brought about by hatred. And this hatred is induced on man's mind. So the devil's way to polluting the world for human mind is that it pollutes the mind of a man. Let's take this picture. When a man begins to think that somebody is actually against his progress, such man begins to be envious. And he can be so jealous to the point that he starts looking for ways to harm the other. Now, what he will eventually do to harming the other, we do know that began from his feelings, from ordinary feelings of suspicion or envy. Why did you think that um, Cain killed Abel? Envy, a mindset, and that emotion led him to deceive his brother, invite him to the farm, and when they got to the farm, he rose against him and defeated him. That action began from the thought. Although our thought is intangible, but if we don't know how to submit it to God, it's going to ruin us. And why are we saying this? I'm saying this just to let us understand that when we engage the children of disobedience, as the Bible called them, sinners, people who have not received the life of God, people who have not come to experience the reality of God on the street, and we begin to explain the gospel to them, and they begin to give us excuses, and begin to explain away why God cannot be real. We should know that the problem is not their spirit. The Bible said the God of this world had blinded their mind. Although our encounter is with their spirit, what God is craving after is their spirit. So the problem or the connection or the interface between the spirit of a man and the soulish man is the mind. And on the mind is castigated, we cannot penetrate. That was why Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 that we have God to connect to the mind and cast down every pictures, every image, every substance, every perception that does not align with God. Actually, what Paul is writing there contextually does not actually talk about spiritual welfare as we used to use in church. 
He was talking about the fact that the the the, the, the Corinthians Christian have so much ridiculed him. They felt that he was a weak guy. He only write big letters. When he writes, he writes so powerfully. But when he comes, he's so dull and so slow. Then Apostle Paul wrote to them that, look, you can't judge us. Although you think we are human beings. Although we are human beings. But when we deal with people, we don't deal with them on, on, on the basis of humanity. We deal with them by spiritual intelligence. So Paul is writing about the spiritual intelligence which supersedes man's opinion. And by that superior intelligence, we are able to subjugate or influence man's opinion for God. That's what Paul is talking about there. But we can begin to apply this thought to explain the fact that the problem of man is the problem of the mind. But yet there is a way we can deal with the mind. So when we begin to preach to, 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 to a new convert, or we are, we are talking to somebody about God, or maybe it is your, is your, is your, is your sibling, or your child, or your words, or somebody you are trying to win over for God. Or maybe you have somebody that has a negative attitude. I try to speak that person over to God. The person will not come to reason with you. The problem is the man. Then you have got to prevail in the place of prayer. You've got to travel until you have much words to castigate that imagination. Stephen knew how to do that. In Acts, is it chapter 7 or chapter 9? Let me quickly confirm it. The word of the living God made us understand. I think at chapter 9. Yes, it should be at chapter 9. Let me quickly confirm it. Mm-hmm. Is it at chapter 9? No, it's not at chapter 9. Okay, it should be at chapter 7. Yes, at chapter 7. Now, the word of God told us how Stephen, with boldness, preached the word of God. And the Bible said, those guys who had the bridge came to, 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 to oppose him. But the Bible said that God gave him a wisdom that cannot be opposed. That is, he operated from divine thought that subjugated, that, 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 that emulates, that brings to naught imaginations that are rising or that are standing in opposition to that of God. So we can deal with people in the realm of the spirit. We can actually bring their mind in subjection. I don't do that like they do witchcraft. You know, even in cultism, there's a way the swim pie impose a thought. How do they call it? I've forgotten the, what they call it. Such that the influence is, is an activity of the witchcraft. Um, we call it manipulation. That they so manipulate you that by the manipulation they are able to, to divine and read your thoughts. And when they read your thoughts, they can predict your move. That is an occultic move. But we have a superior power. Look at that guy that was following Paul. How did he get to know that Paul was a preacher? It was by divination. He was trying to read the mind, the imagination. And whenever he, he declares to people that these are preachers, that makes the mind of the people to be closed, to be closed or crowded or clouded against the message Paul is bringing to them. It's like somebody coming to tell you that, look, those guys that, 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 that cheated you the other day are coming. And before they came to you, already you have made up your mind on what to speak. Or like when they just burst into you, you're not prepared for them. It could take you some time to be able to call up thoughts to castigate them. But when somebody sensitizes you earlier than they come, you are able to prepare against them. That was what the girl was doing. She, she, she sensitizes the people so that their minds can be, can be aroused to, to, to castigate or, or stand against the message of the gospel. And when Paul discovered that, he rebooked that spirit. 
So back to where we are reading. Now we are going to read from 21 now. Okay, let's still read that 20. For since the creation of the world is invincible attribute are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even the eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Verse 21. Although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became fertile in their thoughts. And their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they become fools and change the glory of the incorruptible God into an image like a corruptible man. This is a description of a natural man. Talk about God. They will tell you, do you want to tell me that I don't know God? Are you the only one who knows God? Do you want to call me a sinner? And even what do you know about God? They, in fact, when you begin to engage them, you begin to see that they actually know some things about God. They know God is a universal God. They know what morals is all about. They will tell you it's not about your devotion. It's only God that knows who worships Him. In fact, the, the, our devotion, our sense of accountability is in our heart. The Lord is going to judge every man's heart. You know that what they have some things about God. They might say they know God, but they do not acknowledge Him. Why don't they acknowledge Him? The Bible says because the problem is in their thoughts. So problem of the humanity is the thought. The thought becomes the stronghold, a penetration, a position that does not allow the penetration of God. And before we could penetrate people, before we can influence people, we've got to cast down that imagination. Although they knew God, and that's why when you mention God to them, they want to discuss. They are interested. But when it comes to the matter of submitting to the lordship of Christ, they begin to argue. They begin to give you reasons why Christ cannot be the way. They begin to give you reasons why submitting to Christ does not make sense. You know, the other day I was on streets trying to speak to somebody about Christ. Then after speaking with them about Christ, the little guy responded. He said, look, well, we've heard what you said, but... Somebody told us that this Bible you carry is not the word of God. What I did was to find the basis of that information. I asked him, we gave him that information. He couldn't even give me a good reason. Then I asked him, I know that that information has an Islamic orientation. Because of all the religion of the world, even people in courts, new age um, preachers, I mean, those Christians that teach, uh, that teach mental science, we call them New Thought Movement, the New Thought Preachers. We refer to the scriptures to proclaim or declare the message. The only religion I know on earth that does not want to accept the integrity of the word of God and then his infallibility is Islam. So for that guy to have asked me, hey, we learned this book story, that orientation would have been gotten from Islam and I made him understand what he never understood. But leaving that aside, that is an imagination, that is an orientation. Sometimes this stronghold is an orientation. Sometimes it's an indoctrination. Like I don't know, maybe night. I think I think in another part of Nigeria about last month or two months ago, I can't really say precisely. I learned that a man was sentenced 
to be to death by hanging because the people in that region said that he insulted their God. That's an imagination. That's a mindset. That's a stronghold. That's an indoctrination. That was the same attitude. People Stephen preached to add at him. And that moved them to stone him. So if you want to have influence, if you want to influence people for God, we've got to stand in the place of their mind. We've got to castigate their mind. We've got to bring their mind into captivity. To bring it into accountability. To, to, to pray that God will help them to see the end of themselves and to see the vanity of their thoughts. We are lagging behind. Let me go clear on. So, Apostle Paul said the reason why the unbelievers cannot acknowledge God, cannot experience God, cannot see God, cannot connect to God, cannot see the reality of God, cannot see the love of God, it's not because it's not because the love is not real, it's not because God is not stretching forth, is and is because the devil has positioned himself on their mind. He became a strong God on their thoughts, such that they could not allow God. Okay, now let's leave this. Let's see another scriptures. Ephesians chapter <clears throat> chapter 2. You're just going to read from verse 1 of 3. Mm, I would have loved to see Romans. There are a lot of thoughts there. Okay, let's see Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to read from verse 1 to 3. And you he made alive, who were dead in trespasses. <laughs> A natural man has lost his senses. He has his natural senses, his five sense organs. He could taste things, he could touch things, he could see things, he could feel things, but his spiritual senses that should make him to aggravate towards God are dead. And what happens when a man receives eternal life is that those senses are quickened such that a man begins to realize himself. Okay, I don't want to waste time on that. He quickened us when we came into Christ. Verse 2. In which, okay, let me read again so we can have a good light thought. He made alive, and you he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world. So our walking according to the course of this world is not an end. It's an effect of something that went wrong. We were dead. Our spirit is dead. Our senses are dead. And as a result of that, we begin to conform. We begin to live by the things around us. Okay? Now, let's read on. According to the prince of the power of the air. Now, another thing that must be understood is that the way we coordinate our life, or the way an unbeliever there coordinates his life, is not what he actually got from the media. It's not what he got from the from the political arena. It's not what he got from his community. As a matter of fact, the socialization, the orientation, the lifestyle, the manner of life of the society is an influence. It's a civilization of the power of the hair. So what we call the natural civilization or what we call modernization is not just a modernization. It's an influence of a kingdom of darkness over the kingdom of man. And when the kingdom of darkness invades the kingdom of man, you must begin to adjust because man are easily influenced by what they are surrounded with. We will not know that this 
things we call civilization, this thing we call fashion, this thing we call entertainment, are actually emerged with the activities of darkness until we begin to see from the light of God. So it says that this lifestyle, this cause of the world, the operation, the system of operation in the world, is architecture, is medicine, is entertainment industry. Everything that acts to do with the world acts is patterned according to the prince of the power of the hair. So the activities amongst the sons of men, of son, the sons of men is an influence by the devil. But that's not where I'm going. He said, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we once conducted our lives in the lust of the flesh. Now, the effects of the power of darkness is that it makes man to be lustful. And how did he, how does the devil inflict lust on man? Inflict it in the mind. He corrupts the mind. Man lost because his mind is lost. Okay. When we conduct ourselves in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. Now, watch two things. The desire of the flesh, the desire of the body and of the mind. Now, the desire of the body is an effect of the dictates of the mind. The perception of the mind. My perception of truth, my perception of reality is what influences my outlook, my disposition, the way I dress, my interpersonal relationship. You know, people believe that, well, 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 you, you've got to, 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 to deal with people the way they deal with you. And sometimes when you're trying to, to, to be honest with people or you are trying to, to, to be... Um, to be to be a good person, people tend to call you foolish. They tend to see you to be stupid, cause they feel that how can you, when you are a human, deal with a fellow human in in a sincere way? They feel the the the, the, the way to deal with people is to deal with them with insincerity, because they believe no man is is, is sincere. And that civilization, that culture, is a culture that is influenced by the mind. And the mind itself, as an object, it is influenced by the pollution in the environment. And the pollution in the environment is the, is, is the, is, is, is the, the activities, the underwork, the pollution of the prince of the hair. Now, how do we begin to influence the mind? But before we look at how we begin to influence the mind, let us look at the strong goals of the mind. Things that had gained access on the mind of people and that had not allowed for God to penetrate them, that had not allowed them to see the light of God. We are going to see a scripture very soon. Mm, two scriptures I would have loved we see. One in Romans chapter 8, where Paul describes the activities of the flesh and the activities of the spirit and told us the only way we can deal with the mind is to submit our mind to the Holy Ghost such that the Holy Ghost take hold of us. And that scripture is coming up my heart. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1. Apostle Paul talks about the fact that there is a tendency in the spirit that the spirit of God takes over our natural human mind. It's a divine civilization. And that civilization is not automatic. We have to consciously submit ourselves for that dominion. We have to position ourselves. Never forget we said that a, a stronghold is a positioning. People have so positioned themselves that 
they could not see that which God wants them to see. But there's another positioning. We can position our heart in the place of prayer. We can position it in the place of in the place of meditation that we are able to see by the grace of God that which God wants to do. We begin to take our position. Okay, let's quickly mention some of the things that have been strongholds on the mind of man. Number one, I have is that people cannot see God, or what I become. A stronghold on the minds of so many people is their dependency on man. They look too much on man. They so much depend on their brother that is abroad. And if they need anything at all, they don't feel obliged to pray about it. They feel if they can ask their brother or place a call, all they need to meet their needs, to have their needs met, will be met. So that's a stronghold. Fixing your eyes on humans, putting your trust on men. I think it should be Jeremiah chapter 5, verse 17, if I'm not wrong. The Bible says that causes he that put his trust in man. And there are many how they are today that actually God wants to help, but because their attention is still on medical science, God would have healed them, but they so much trust the doctor. Well, there is nothing bad in medical science. If your health is declining and you pray there seems not to be an improvement, fine and good, you've got to keep on making use of your medication, but as you use the medication, depend on God. But there's this cliche in the, in the, in the medical world, that the cure of God heals. God alone has the power to heal. And the reason why a lot of people have not experienced the healing power of God, the healing power to heal their health, their physical health, the healing power to heal their mental uh, perception of things, the, the healing power of God to heal the pains and the regret of the past is because they have so much paid their attention on men. Or they've looked to themselves. They could be the man or somebody else. So number two. People cannot see God. Or what had formed a stronghold in their mind sometimes. Could be the fact that they have been blinded. They have been induced. You know when you are in darkness sometimes you don't know. And that's why we have to contend earnestly for those who are yet to know God. Some of them don't know. They've not seen themselves. They've not seen the reality of their life. So it takes God to flash the light of God on their mind. Apostle Paul wrote in that Second Corinthians chapter 4 verse 4. He said, if our gospel be hid, it is hid for those who are perishing. Whom the God of this world had blinded their mind. Actually, the gospel is not hid. It's not withdrawn. The power of God has been made loose. Has been made available. It's at the reach of all. But men cannot connect to it because their mind had been influenced. Negative influence on the mind is a stronghold. So sometimes presumption and overestimation of self. Sometimes some people are so proud that they can't even see what God is doing in their life. 
They are so proud that they feel that they do not need assistance from God. They are so proud that they feel that they don't need to be saved. They don't need Jesus Christ because they feel that there is nothing their ego, their effort, their connection, their intellect cannot give to them. And that's why sometimes we have to submit our mind to God because mind has his ego. Never forget I told you that one of the functions of the mind is not just that it produces thoughts or it retains thoughts, is that the mind is the seat of intellect. Is the energy of man. Is the power of man. So because of that reserve in the mind, in the mind, man tends not to submit to the governance of God, tends not to submit to the dominion of God, tends not to, to allow the the, 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 the the power of God to influence their life. Another thing that has formed a stronghold is that men tend to be followers of another man. They admire another man. Maybe a celebrity. They have so much idolize. As long as they are seeing that person is the epitome of success, is the epitome of influence, is the epitome of, of wealth, is the epitome of whatever good you can describe. All that rings and they could see in their mind is that person. And as long as that person remains on the scene, they will never pay attention to God. Another thing that is a stronghold that does not make God to appeal to people, that does not make God to make any sense when you present God to people, that makes Him to weigh Him off, that makes them to see God to be, to be as nothing, that makes them to see God as the scripture describes it, not to acknowledge Him, not to submit to Him, not to seek Him, not to long for Him, is presumption and overestimation of self. I mentioned that earlier. Another thing still is that the structures and system of men had blinded men from seeing God. I will explain. You know, the denomination of today, Christian denominations and corporate organizations have become so prosperous. And the figures or the leaders in each of these organizations have put up structures, infrastructural structures, educational structures, economic structures, so big that it has turned away the mind of the people from God that they begin to aspire and they begin to run after the system they have seen, such that their own personal life had now been that they want to amass so great wealth, such that they can be as that particular person had become. Let me draw the point home. For instance, because it seems that certain men had risen from nowhere, perhaps from a poor background, and they rose to limelight, they became influential, and they have multinational companies, billion worth of businesses, large investment, and they were individual, not even politicians, that are turned the art of people away from God to begin to seek material things. 
And that takes also another stronghold, which is materialism and the cares of this world. Sometimes one of the reasons why people don't really want to follow God is the things is 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 is, is, is the demand for the things they need. They want to go to school, and when God begins to appeal to them when they, well, they were in school, they tell God that God should give them some time. When they get through school, they will do, devote them their time to God. When they got through school, they felt the need of picking a job. And after picking a job, the Lord came pleading with them to, they told the Lord that God should give them some time until they got married. If they got married, they were going to at least um, devote more time to God. Now they got married, the Lord came appealing, appealing to them. They tell God that God should, uh, they, they, they make excuses, not that they tell God. They make excuses that they cannot just submit to God now because they are parent their parents, they have to cater for their children. Maybe when their children is fully grown, and when the children is fully grown, still all through their life, they would not submit to God. Materialism. So people is the drive for wealth. They wake in, in the morning, as early as 5 a.m. They will not come back until, until 11 a.m. And when they return, they are so tired. They cannot even study the word of God. They cannot even read. You know, I thought people cannot even contact them. They are always busy. When you come to them, you want to speak the word of God, they, they, they send you out of their presence like Agrippa. They are always looking for a convenient time to listen to the word of God. Always looking for a convenient time to pay attention to the things of God. May your own case be, not be that. So sometimes materialism and the care of the world, the drive for wealth, the drive for financial freedom, the drive for autonomy, the drive for well-being. These are good things. But we have to put them in proper perspective. Never forget that a strong goal or the mind misperception. If you don't maintain a God giving perception on this, they will ruin us. And that's why we have to trust God to help us see the place of those things such that they do not interrupt our work with God. Another thing is the deceitfulness of riches and negative influence. Peer pressure. Peer pressure. Negative influence. People you work with, there are people today who ends up smoking, who ends up in robbery, who ends up in dupe, who ends up in um, internet fraudulence and all kind of facial vices because of the association they found themselves. So sometimes the circle, you know, sometimes the Lord had brought a lot of people to himself by making one member, a member of a particular circle lose his life. So when that person loses his life, the others are able to see that if this person can die, then every one of them could die. Then they begin to look for solution. Then before long, they came in contact with God. So sometimes the circle you belong. Another one is shallow thinking. Some people are just so shallow, and their shallowness is, re- is revealing the fact that they think of the present. They think of what makes them convenient now, what brings them comfort now. They never see the future as long as they are convenient, as long as they can pay their bills, as long as their belly is filled, they think they have no need of God. They only see God when there's a little pressure. So as we begin to minister to, to those who need eternal life, we should begin to trust the Holy Ghost to help us see that stronghold. Some people, the stronghold on their mind is entertainment. Music, hip-hop, those songs with, with hope, with, with lyrics, I don't know how to describe Holy Ghost, please can you help me? With, with lyrics that are demoralizing. 
with lyrics that that, that, that can corrupt the mind. Not that can that corrupts the mind. That's the right expression. That kills morals. That kills values. Another thing that is a stronghold could be procrastination. Okay, let's quickly look at how we can cast down strongholds. And to see this, we are going to see First Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. Hmm, time will not permit me to explain that scripture, and I would have loved to explain scriptures. Okay. Verse 4. Okay, let me read from verse 2. But we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking the craftiness, not honoring the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. Whose minds, check that, whose mind? The God of this world has blinded. Who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. You see that these people cannot receive the life of God because their mind has been blocked. So in order to influence them, we've got to ask the devil to lift his influence over their mind, to lift his web over their mind, to lift that which he has used to subjugate, to captivate, to put their thoughts in the pressure such that they cannot perceive, so that they cannot touch God, so that they cannot desire God. Let's see one more scripture. Let's see two more. First Corinthians chapter 10 from verse 4. Okay, from verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, Although we are human beings, we do not walk according to the flesh. We do not walk as a human being. Though we are rational beings, though we are creatures with mind, everybody has a mind. God did not eliminate our mind. We need our mind to make decisions. We need our mind to connect to the world. We need our mind to, 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 to be able to operate and function in the world that is becoming technological-wise that is promoting artificial intelligence above spiritual intelligence but then we should not be governed by our minds now let me go read through that scripture for though we walk in the flesh we do not walk we, we, we do not walk according to the flesh for Though we walk in the flesh, we do not walk according to the flesh. For the weapon of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Strongholds can be pulled down. All our lighted so far can be pulled down. How do we pull down? We cut down arguments and every item that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when the obedience is is completed. So how do we cut down strongholds? Number one here is that we have to walk in the spirit. Romans chapter 8 says that um, if we if we walk in the spirit the life of God's spirit we empower us such that we are not ruled by the flesh. Never forget Romans chapter 8 verse 1 talks about the law of the spirit of life that is in Christ. When we walk in the spirit, that love of the spirit of life begins to operate in our life so that it overpowers our mind and makes us less of a rational being but more of a spiritual being. 
So here we see that we can actually cast down imaginations by spiritual weapons, which are the word of God, which are prayers, sometimes meditation. So prayer for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in presenting the knowledge of the truth matters. When we are ministering to people the word of God, we have God to pray for them. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 17, Apostle Paul talks about receiving the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Another thing is that we have to focus the mind of the people to what Christ had done. Number, number three, or another thing still, is that we have to pray and intercede for our listeners. Hallelujah. So we are going to stop here. Father, we thank you because of this time with you. Lord, we pray you touch our mind. You make us to walk more with you. There will be less of a rational being and more of a spiritual being in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Help us to walk with you. Help us to trust you in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.